everyone, welcome and thank you so much for tuning into the Rodin Fellows podcast. I am your host, Marissa Stubbs, a Rodin Fellow and a senior broadcast journalism student at the best HBC in the land, Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University. Now, if you don't know who the Rodin Fellows are, I will gladly inform you. The Rodin Fellows Initiative is a training program for the next generation of sports journalists from historically Black colleges and universities, headed by undefeated editor-at-large and former New York Times award-winning columnist William C. Broden. As fellows, we produce stories about race, class, and culture and serve as campus correspondents for the ESPN, The Undefeated. We represent the fourth class of Rodin Fellows, and lucky for me, I am joined here today with all of them and the legendary Bill Roden. So fellows, what's up? Are you here? I want you to guys to go ahead and introduce yourselves and let the people know what schools you're representing. Alex, let's start off with you. What's up, everybody? My name is Alex Williams. I'm a junior at, I would think, the best, the illustrious Howard University, HU, <laughs> you know. <laughs> All right, Dale, let's hear from you. What school are you representing? Hi, everybody. My name is Jayla, and this year I am a senior business management major at Prairie View A&M University. All right, Ashton, let's see. Let's hear from you. What's up, everybody? My name is Ashton Edmonds, a senior journalism major from Tallahassee, Florida, attending the illustrious Clark Atlanta University. All right, all right, all right. Jonathan, where you at? My name is Jonathan Scott. I'm a junior broadcast journalism major at the Standard of Excellence, Hampton University. Wow, the Standard of Excellence. All right, Parker, <laughs> where are you from? I'm Parker Owens. I'm a senior communications major from Morehouse College. All right, those are all the fellows, and we wouldn't be here without Mr. Bill Roden. So, Mr. Roden, how are you today? What's up with you? How are you feeling today? You know what? First of all, I'm doing great. And, you know, listen, Morgan State University is the fine, I mean, you know, Hampton's okay, how and all that, but it's Morgan State University where my alma mater, where all this sort of emanates from. Um, thank you guys for letting me be on the show. Uh, and I just want to say, as you talked about, the Roden fellows are, you, you're sort of underplaying it. The Roden Fellows are what I call the Navy SEALs of journalism. You guys are wow. like the greatest journalists on your campus. You know, you, you went through a rigorous selection process, uh, over like 140. And so it's not just, you know, some, some people who want to journal. You guys are the best of the best on your respective campuses. So it's been really a pleasure to work with you guys. Each class gets better than the last class, and you guys are historic because you're the first pandemic class, and you guys have really, really been doing, man, you guys have been excellent. So anyway, uh, and I'm so excited to be part of this first historic podcast, the first Rodenfeld's pandemic podcast, so hit it and take away, but uh, you guys are the best, I must say. Thank you, Mr. Roden. That means so much coming from you. So y'all, we're going to go ahead and hop into this podcast because as students, we've been busy these last few weeks with school starting back up. So fellows, let's discuss this remote learning stage these unprecedented times have brought us because I don't know about y'all, but I'm not too fond of remote learning at all. So fellows, talk to me. Alex, how are you going through this stage of remote learning and do you like it or how do you feel about it? I do not like it at all, Marissa. I 100% agree with you. It is not good. Some of my right. classes last for three hours, and I stare at a screen for three to four hours every single day. And it is just not an enjoyable experience at all. So I wish that we can get back to normal life as soon as possible. 
All right, so Ashton, we're going to head with you next. How is remote learning working for you? And how are you going through this stage of just sitting in front of a computer screen and taking all your classes virtually? Honestly, it's it's not, I agree with you and Alex, it's, it's not the best thing. I would rather uh, be in a classroom, be on campus, just getting out, just interacting with people. I feel like just sitting in the house all day, kind of just, I feel isolated for the most part. I would rather just be in person in class, especially like, you know, me turning in my graduate applications, my right. department chair is, is losing paperwork and not responding to emails. It's just so much going on. So it'll be better if we were in person. Rather than online. Yeah, this senior year, having senior year is just crazy to me online because this is our last year as seniors and doing it online, we've been used to doing it in person for three years. So it's very different. Now, Jayla, I, I know you may love the virtual learning. So what, what's up with you? How are you feeling about this? Oh, I love this. I Okay, so I enjoy being at home and being comfortable in my space while <laughs> being in class. Because, mm -hmm. you know, sitting in a classroom and staring at the professor, it's just, it's not for me. So I enjoy, you know, being here and, you right. know, doing my classes online. And I, so my classes aren't as long as someone's like, I know Alex's classes are like three hours. Mine go up to 120 max. So maybe it's mm -hmm. easier for me to like sit here and sit in front of the computer. But I like the freedom that comes with it. I like, you know, sometimes we're able to watch the lecture at our pace and just turn in the assignments. So I like the freedom that comes with it. And I like the, the flexibility of it all. Right. So you mean to tell me you actually prefer sitting at home instead of in the classroom? Yes. I wow. I like, I like to be able to move around my house. Mm -hmm. like I miss, you know, seeing friends and people on campus. Right. Like, Girl. Now, mm -hmm. I assume on, on Zoom, you use that pause button so you can do whatever you feel, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> right. All right. Parker and Jonathan, talk to me. How are you guys feeling about this virtual stage? I absolutely hate it. See, the thing is, I'm staying in Las Vegas, and my school is Morehouse, so it's in Atlanta. That means every 9 a.m. I have turns into a 6 a.m., and it is not fun taking physics at wow. 6 o'clock in the morning and taking physics test at 6 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I am over it already. Yeah, no thank you, no thank you. I'm with Jayla, though. I'm, I'm low-key, definitely a homebody, so being at home, being able to multitask, I've got, like, a multi-screen setup, so I could be in class and still do whatever else I've got going on. Until I realized that my professors want to assign a boatload of homework. Daily. Yes. Every yes. day I feel like I have something to do for every class. And I'm like, okay, I only have this class twice a week. Why do I feel like something is always like nagging on me? But I mean, right. waking up and rolling right into class isn't so bad either. And I don't know about you guys, but it seems like the workload now is heavier than it would have been if we were in person. So just explain to me one by one, how has your workload been and how has it differed during this school year? So I can go first. I will say I will agree with Jonathan. It has definitely increased. For some reason, professors have this idea that they can just assign all of this homework and, mm -hmm. you know, we just have to do it. And that's, you know, that's a part of school, but I feel like it's been an outrageous amount. I would also say that professors need to get better at notifying students when homework is due, not just sending a post right. that this was due and, you know, it's three hours after. So at this point, what was the purpose? Yeah, I'm ready for remote learning to come to an end. Yeah. Right. Hopefully we can see that end in the spring, but I want to hear from you, Ashton. So what are you thinking? Has your workload increased virtually? Yes, it has increased tremendously. I definitely agree with Alex. Like it's a lot of teachers that don't notify me when homework is due. Like I would literally have to 
go through Canvas and kind of find assignments. And I have this one class and, you know, we never had a Zoom meeting at all this year. So, but she assigns the biggest projects. And, you know, I feel like it's important for us to interact with her, ask her questions because she doesn't respond to our emails at all. So yeah, the workload is terrible. And yeah, I'm ready for remote learning to end. Right. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm taking 18 credit hours this semester and 18 credit hours virtually is not an easy thing. But Mr. Rod, I want to hear during, could you see yourself taking online classes or doing college classes virtually, period? How could you see yourself during yeah, this time? I, I, I did virtual classes back in 1968. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I, I was virtually, that's what my professor said, he's virtually not there. So I was ahead right. of the time. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I actually teach a course at Arizona State, and I started teaching the course virtually in January before all this right. kind of hit. And, and to be honest with you, I loved it. Okay. I, I got a chance to uh, meet the students first. You know, I met them and we got to know each other. But I feel once you know people and then virtually, I just think it lets y'all students get away with murder. You know, <laughs> who, knows what, who knows what jail is doing? You know, hit that pause <laughs> button, you know, and, and next thing I know, put like something like, like some beach background on. So, so I, I, just, I just think that if y'all the students virtually don't all get straight A's, you should be kicked out of school because right. it really now, makes it infinitely easier, much easier. Right. Now, Mr. Rodin, are you one of those professors that requires students to be seen during these classes? Because I know a lot of professors make students show themselves and sometimes, yeah. if I'm being honest, we're in the bed. Yeah, well, and that's what I'm saying. Would you be in the bed in the classroom? No. So, no, people be chicken and all that stuff. No, I'm like, carry yourselves like professional students. I said, everybody has to be, in fact, I'll make them cat, you know, put up the cell phones, you know. Okay. Put their cell phones in the basket because, I mean, you could cut corners, but at the end of the day, it's going to hurt you. So, yes, I'm one of those professors. I don't have many rules, but I got to see it. Right. Wow. So, fellows, could y'all imagine having Mr. Roden as that professor? Do you have any professors similar to Mr. Roden where you can't even, you know, you're not in the bed. You have to sit up, formally dress, and have your face present in that screen during that whole class. Why would you want to be in bed? I mean, but why wouldn't we want to be in bed? Would you be in the bed in the classroom? No, we wouldn't be in the bed, but I think we use this opportunity as a chance to relax. Relax while learning. I think that's what think that's the concept us as students follow. Jesus Christ. You got your whole life to relax. Anyway, let me, <laughs> let me, let me put myself on mute. You. you got your whole <laughs> life to relax. <laughs> All right, everyone. Don't go anywhere. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to discuss an HBCU bubble. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone. We are back. You are tuning into the Rodin Fellows podcast. Now, before we went on break, we were talking about the remote learning stage that we are in now. However, due to the circumstances we are in, sadly, there will be no homecoming for us this year. So my question for you guys is, if we were to have an HBCU bubble, what is something you would have to have within that bubble? I know for me, it would be the food vendors. I feel like there is no real homecoming or real HBCU if you don't have the food vendors there. So we're going to start off with you, Parker. What is something that your HBCU bubble would have to have? 
So I don't know if you guys have been paying attention, but Daniel House of the Houston Rockets got kicked up out of the bubble for trying to sneak a woman into his room. And a Seattle Seahawks rookie wide receiver also got kicked out of training camp for trying to have a woman sneak in through little Seahawks gear. I'm just saying that I have seen some stuff at Morehouse, especially, you know, they try to sneak girls in through the emergency room. They, they they do the same thing the Seahawks rookie did where they just put them in a hoodie and let them just try to sneak them in. Like, I've seen them literally stuff a girl into a suitcase and bring her up the stairs, and they're on, like, the fourth floor. <laughs> I'm just telling you, dudes are ruthless, and they will do whatever it takes to make sure that this bubble is compromised. So we need some security in that bubble. All right, now, Jayla, what is something you would have to have in your HBCU bubble? So personally, I wouldn't want a silent bubble. And I know coming to a consensus on the music everybody likes is always like this whole big thing. So I think right. we would need at least a portion of our band in the bubble. Our band right. is very big at Prairie View. And, you know, just having music there, I think, makes everybody comfortable. I think makes everybody, you know, feel at home. So having a piece of the band would be big in my HBCU bubble. Right. Okay, Jayla, I feel you on the band. We need the band there now. I know you say Prairie View Band is good, but I don't think they'll be able to top Florida and A&M Band. I don't know. We may have to discuss that later, but, you know, we have the best band in the land. March so. Storm Girl. <laughs> All right, Jonathan, let us know. What is something you would have to have in your HBCU bubble? Where you need a barbershop. I know every fella here and worldwide will tell you that the relationship between a man and his barber we have been taking that for granted, <laughs> and the quarantine has shown that. So we need... Listen, the quarantine has shown that. Absolutely. Has shown that. Absolutely. All right. All right. So now you have to you have to be in your bubble. You have to have... You have to look right. You know, you can't get caught slipping. You have to have your hair cut. Need All right. Ashton, talk to us. What's something you need to see in your HBCU bubble? Definitely think you need the Greeks. The Greeks bring the energy to HBCU campuses. They play an integral role in HBCU history as well. So... Uh, just having the Greeks, seeing them stroll, seeing them step, and they're very, you know, interactive with the community. So I feel like every HBCU bubble needs the Greeks in the bubble. Okay, Ashton, every, you said every HBCU needs the Greeks. Is there any Greek that you're representing today? Yes, sir. Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. All right. Alex, what is something you would love to see in your HBCU bubble? Well, one of the most important things at homecoming is seeing who's going to perform. So right, I think for right. me, we need some of the best talent. Now, I won't say who's better than everybody else, but I would say that <laughs> since we do need some good talent at homecoming and not just any old person, we need great people to perform so that people are actually in tune and want to be there and be present in the bubble. Right. And there's no homecoming with bad artists. You know, homecoming is what everyone's waiting for. So, Mr. Roden, talk to us. What is something you would need to see in your HBCU bubble? You know, I'm a big sound guy, so I'd make sure that I have my killer sound system with me, all my okay. jazz albums, headset, you know, because I'm pretty good at entertaining myself. So I just make sure that I can bring all my albums, right, my vinyl, great sound system, and those types right. of things. And my, okay. and my emergency exit. Right. We can't forget the emergency exit. We can't forget the emergency exit. All right, fellows. Now, I know during this HBCU bubble, we don't have any sports. But real quick, let me get your favorite sport. What is your favorite sport at your HBCU as of right now? And what were you looking forward to seeing them during during this season? I think for me, basketball is definitely my favorite sport. The games be lit. Like, the games is crazy. It's more mm -hmm. compact than the football games. 
it's just a different energy, especially like when we play Morehouse, those games are crazy. So I would say right. basketball season is my favorite at my HBCU. And so now, Ashton, you mentioned Morehouse. Parker, let me get your take. What's going on over there now? Can Morehouse beat Clark Atlanta or can Clark Atlanta beat Morehouse? I don't know why that's Ashton's favorite time of the year because Morehouse <laughs> continuously beats Clark Atlanta. <laughs> it's like not even really that close. It is not a competition. I just wouldn't want to be rooting for losers like that all year long. Like, that's just me. But to each their own. Okay, okay. We got a battle in here, but I know we have the real HU in here, Jonathan and Alex. What are your favorite sports on your campus as of right now? Okay, so I would say uh, we at Howard are extremely excited because we have five-star player recruit maker coming to play basketball for us. So that's incredibly exciting. And I know that's something we all wanted to see in person. Now we will have to see how that plays out. But that is something, you know, that I wish I was at HU right now to see the real HU. Okay, Jayla, what are you missing the most about the sports at your HBCU? I'm definitely missing our basketball seasons, both women and men's. The women are always a joy to watch. They play so hard, and I've been covering them a lot as of late, so, you know, they always have a special place in my heart. I am also very, very much missing our men's basketball team, the current SWAC champions. They are always a joy to watch, and they've been so good these past couple of years, and, you know, we're just waiting for basketball to come around so we can at least get back to some type of normalcy, because I know those two groups in particular really bring a lot of energy to our campus okay I can feel you on that I feel like my favorite sport that I would have wanted to see this fall would have been football coming off a nine to two season from last year and we really had plans to go 10 and one or even undefeated now although we can't beat Bloom Cookman Wildcats that was always an assignment on the Rattlers playbook I was would have been excited to see some basketball there too our basketball team are up and coming I would say we're not all that good but the games are still fun like Ashton said that HBCU atmosphere is always fun to be in Mr. Roner is there anything you missed about Morgan State sports yeah Morgan State sports they have been, <laughs> <laughs> they have been great but let me just say this you know in the past this is the first a Rhodes Fellows class that doesn't have anybody from A&T. And universally, A&T would all, each fellow would say, and I kind of have to agree, they had the best homecoming on earth. And I, yeah, I mean, on earth. Better than, better than Hampton, better than Howard. Have you ever came to a FAMU homecoming? Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> not, no, no, no. A&T is better? Yeah, they said. All of our homecoming? What, what do they call it? And the, the, listen, they have a nickname. What do they call it? Jiho, greatest homecoming on earth. <laughs> oh, okay. Does anybody, okay, okay. any of y'all have a nickname? Does, they, does Howard have a nickname? They had the greatest homecoming on earth. So, you know, I, I, I'm sorry. Morehouse's homecoming is in the great city of Atlanta. Parker, uh, stop. I feel like that stop. alone is enough to make that a better <laughs> homecoming. Stop. It's a real city. I've been to a Morehouse homecoming. I'm like, when does it start? <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but FAMU's homecoming, we don't need a nickname. It's just FAMU's homecoming. Everyone knows about FAMU's homecoming. That's one school you will forever know when their homecoming is because it's FAMU, like I said, the best HBCU in the land. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, although we don't have sport in our HBCU bubble going on right now, within our schools. We do have professional sports to look to. And when we return, we will be giving our NBA predictions. Stay tuned. You are listening to the Roden Fellows Podcast. 
Welcome back, everyone. Like I said, you are tuned in to the Roden Fellows podcast. Now, during our last segment, we discussed HBCU sports. Fellows, do you feel like our conferences made the right decision when discussing to cancel fall sports and push them back to spring? Or how do you feel like they could have went about some type of strategy to come up with to allow us to play fall sports? Jonathan, we can start with you. Well, for Hampton being, I mean, the fact that we're in the Big South now, it's really only football that's been affected. There's other schools other than Hampton are still playing their fall sports. It's just football alone was a sole sport that was taken out and absolutely canceled. So, I mean, that was a, that's a big moneymaker for Hampton. So, right. It's going to affect us. So, Parker, how do you feel about this decision? Do you feel like the MEAC and the SWAT could have went about a better way to help us play fall sports? I don't see any other options that would have made sense. The money that it was going to take to provide the test and make sure that the students are safe was going to overwhelmingly be greater than the money that they were going to make from playing fall sports. I don't see any way that they were going to be able to safely do this. And I don't necessarily see the way that the big conferences, the Power Five conferences, have been able to keep up sports. Right. And with them allowing fans, I know FSU allowed 19,000 fans to their game their first game. How do you feel? Do you feel like that's safe? I know you feel like there's no other way they could have went about this, but given this current pandemic that's going on, you know, what safety precautions do you feel like, or do you feel like the safety precautions are safe, I would say, that they're taking during this season? I don't believe that the state of Florida has taken any great safety precautions in preventing coronavirus, and you can look up the cases just to prove that one. Well, I personally believe that someone's life is more important than being safe, than being healthy, because people are dying from COVID. And I think that we can wait till the spring. So many football programs make so much money. Um, for instance, the SEC, LSU, they make so much money from the players and the football program. But I just believe at this point in time, while people are dying, we need to take their life. And that should be the number one thing of importance. Right. I agree. Jayla, what's your opinion on this? I think the only logical choice was to cancel fall sports, especially football, especially in places where the coronavirus cases have been, you know, a lot higher. Like I know uh, for Prairie View, we're really close to Houston and Houston's numbers at, you know, a point were just ridiculous. And a lot of students travel to Houston, a lot of students live in Houston. So to have sports and then, you know, be so close to such a hot spot for the virus among other Southern states who are also hot spots, um, it just, it didn't make any sense to actually go forward with the season. Right, and I agree with you because not only were fall sports a risk to health amongst others, but just considering the HBCU atmosphere and the culture, HBCUs, we don't know how to go home. We will party and football games bring everyone together. So now, Mr. Ronan, I want to get your take on this. Could you picture HBCU fall sports this fall? And if you were to see fall sports this fall, how did you think that would go about? Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you, I'm glad you guys brought it up because it just baffles me. Uh, and I was really happy to see that Mama Mater Morgan was one of the first schools that didn't even blink and just canceled it. What I'd like to hear from you guys is – why do you think it's, it's not safe for HBCU, the black athletes at HBCUs, not to play, but yet you got the black athletes at these big con Ohio State huh, playing? I mean, are they just gen genetically, are they saying that the, 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 the black players at the big schools are genetically, you know, better equipped to resist, you know, the coronavirus than the black athletes at smaller schools? It just, what is this about? I mean, I'm just curious here with you guys. I mean, what, what is this about? 
I think that the black athletes at these bigger schools are genetically better to make the schools more money so that they have more reason to bring them out there and take these risks and buy these COVID tests and do whatever it takes to make sure that these players are on the field. Ashton, what are your takes on this subject? Yeah, I, I really agree with Parker. I feel like, yeah, these bigger Power Five conferences are really just not taking the, the proper safety measures. I feel like they're just kind of money hungry in a sense, just, you know, because they will, their programs will gain money from another you know, football program. So I feel like HBCU sports and just the other smaller conferences really made the right decision with canceling their fall season. Yeah. Okay, okay. Now, although we don't have HBCU sports to look forward to, we do have the professional league. So really quick, let me get you guys takes on what are your favorite college teams that are playing right now, professional leagues in the NBA or NFL? Jonathan, what team are you repping this season? I mean, normally I'm a Michigan fan, but, uh, you know, Big Ten did the U-turn. So looks like we may end up with some football this year. Looking forward to that, certainly. And uh, okay. professional-wise, uh <laughs> I'm a Jets fan, but, you know, I'm used to heartache, so. <laughs> now, you're used to heartache, but you're still a Jets fan, so. Oh, yeah, I mean, through and through. I'm loyal. Okay, okay, okay. All right, Dale, what are some of your favorite professional teams that you're looking at during this season? I've been watching the Celtics uh, really closely. I really love their young core, so they've been high on my list, although I have been thoroughly disappointed these last two games. Um, I'm just, at this point, I'm just hoping for a bounce back, and I'm praying for a miracle. I am the only loyal man of Morehouse that exists, so I am a Miami Dolphins fan, and I rep Miami uh, everything. Miami I live in Las Vegas right now, Dolphins. but I'm originally from South Florida, so gotta gotta <laughs> gotta stick to all my South Florida teams. Any hope for the Dolphins this season? Absolutely not. Okay, all right, all right. Ashton, what are your favorite professional teams that you're looking at this year? Yeah, I'm definitely a diehard uh, Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I love Pittsburgh, the whole Steelers organization. And my favorite NBA, I don't really have a favorite NBA team, uh, but LeBron and Carmelo Anthony are my favorite players. So whichever team they're on, I'm all in. Okay. Alex, any teams that you're looking forward to watching this season? Yeah, I would agree. I'm definitely a diehard Saints fan. Um, when I was younger, every time the Saints lost, I would cry. I still cry when they lose. And that's been the past three seasons. But yeah, I'm just really looking forward to the Saints, seeing what Drew Brees can do. And also, like Ashton, I agree, my favorite player is LeBron. So whatever team LeBron is on, I'm rooting for. I am excited about watching them in the finals. And yeah. Okay. Now, I know my favorite team, well, a team that I would have been excited to watch right now are the Golden State Warriors. And they are not in the bubble right now, unfortunately. But, however, I still believe we'll be there next year. We'll be there next year. Mr. Rona, any teams you're looking forward to watching this season? Yeah, I, I haven't been a fan since I was 15. And I okay. Told, I told y'all my mission is by the end of the, your first year, you guys will not be fans either. <laughs> right. And particularly, particularly you, Jonathan. I mean, Jets don't even, they barely have a franchise. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Building blocks. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And uh, who's that, who's that, uh, Jayla? The Celtics? <laughs> that, that ship is left, that ship is left. <laughs> that ship is sailed. I'm trying to keep hope. Yeah. <laughs> trying to keep hope. That's all we can do. Now, the current teams in the NBA bubble include the Miami Heat, the Boston Celtics, the Lakers, and the Denver Nuggets. Also, in NBA news, Agent Wilson was named the MVP last night. So, now, what teams do you guys see advancing to the finals, and who are you hoping to claim the trophy this year? Parker, let's start with you. 
and your analysis of these NBA bubble playoffs. All right, so the playoffs have obviously been great. I have the Lakers and the Miami Heat going to the NBA Finals. I think the Boston Celtics don't have an answer for Bam Adebayo on either end of the court. And I just think that Nikola Jokic can't guard a soul and Anthony Davis is one of the best souls alive. So I don't see that working out too well. And in the finals, I have the Miami Heat winning in seven. It's been a shooter's bubble and they are the best coach team left in the bubble. I have no doubt in my mind that Miami Heat can grit and grind and win the series against the Los Angeles Lakers. Okay, okay. Now, Jayla, he said he doesn't have any hope for the Boston Celtics. So what, what are your takes on this on these finals right now or these playoffs? I am trying so hard to keep my sanity within this series. I really am. So I'm going to stick to my merits, and I'm still going to say Boston might pull off this turnaround, but I am also not discrediting the Heat. I know they're a scrappy team that you can't really give up on too easily, so I'm just going right. to step back from that and just keep my hopes alive. However, for the West, I'm definitely taking the Lakers. Absolutely. I think LeBron is on a mission, and when you know LeBron gets that look in his eye, it's not. It's hard to, to get past that, so good luck to the Nuggets. Right. <laughs> And we talk about these Celtics, but however, I feel like you should still be keeping your hope alive, Jayla. I know these games have been very close within the last few minutes, and both of these teams right. are fighting right now. Now, mm -hmm. Alex, what are your takes on the NBA right now, and which team are you looking forward to advancing to the finals? The Lakers all the way. I just know, like Jayla said, LeBron has this GOAT mentality. LeBron is... I believe one of the best and greatest players behind Kobe, uh, respectfully. But I am so excited to see what the Lakers are going to do um, in this series and hopefully advance to the finals so that LeBron can get another ring. And I think it is more important for the city of Los Angeles to get this championship ring, especially with a lot of things that happened this year and them losing Kobe. This would just, you know, make everything a whole lot brighter and bring a better atmosphere to the city of L.A. So. Okay, I agree. I agree. I, I do believe that the Lakers are doing this for Kobe and that they will do this for Kobe. Ashton, let's get your take. Which team are you looking forward to advancing to during the finals? Definitely the uh, LA Lakers and the Miami Heat. I feel like the Heat is has a lot of momentum. I feel like they really have a lot of chemistry. I mean, you can really just see it uh, when we're watching them. All of the players are, they buy in and I feel like Jimmy Butler is a great leader. Udonis Haslam, even though he's not really playing, he is really a great leader, and he has been on this Heat team uh, for a long time now. And I just feel like LeBron, he's LeBron, so he's definitely going to take the Lakers to the NBA Finals. Okay, and now I know for me, I can see the Lakers in the Finals and the Heat. I feel like the Heat is just this powerful team, and they've shown that throughout these Finals and throughout the bubble. I want to say that with this Denver Nuggets team, I would say the Lakers are going to have a few mishaps, just saying going off of last game when the Nuggets beat the Clippers, and they were saying that, you know, the Lakers have to look out for us too. Now, what are your comments about that, and do you feel like the Nuggets can pose a threat to this Lakers team? I'll just say I would love to see them actually give LeBron and AD a really good fight, but, I mean, I think in the end, I mean, it's LeBron. He's going to take over. You know he wants to do it. It's, it's going to be for Kobe. I mean, I'm really looking forward to the finals play, especially the defensive stops that we've seen through these playoffs. I'm looking for more to come. Okay. Parker, what about you? Like I said, uh, the Miami Heat are going to win the championship. Uh, Eric Spolster running them zones. Miami has multiple bodies they could throw at LeBron. They got Jay Crowder, Jimmy Butler. Just we saw what they did to the now two-time MVP and defensive player of the year, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I don't have any doubt in my mind that the Miami Heat are going to knock off the Los Angeles Lakers in these playoffs and win the NBA championship. Okay. 
Okay, and now to Ashton and Alex, I know you guys are rooting for the Lake Show. Parker just said the Heat is going to beat the Lakers. What are y'all takes on that? Well, for me, <laughs> Alex, I see you shaking your head. Oh, uh, yeah, for me, I don't think nobody on the Heat can guard, for one, LeBron James or Anthony Davis. I feel like those two players have really just made an impact this year, especially Anthony Davis um, with his numbers throughout the regular season and throughout the playoffs. So I don't think the Heat is really a good matchup for the Lakers. Okay, Alex, what about Yeah, I would agree, a thousand percent agree with everything that Ashton said. It's AD and LeBron here. I'm sorry. Like, it's it's LeBron, period. End of story. Miami can think they, they can do all what they want, but I don't know. I just have a, a different faith in LeBron, and I know that this season is incredibly special, that no matter how many, how great the Miami may play, there's no way they can win. I'm sorry. All right, everyone. And before we finish this podcast, really quick in HBCU news, Deion Sanders was named the head coach at Jackson State University. Now, fellows, really quick, big news or fair news? Alex, what do you think? I would say major news. Okay, major Major news. Jonathan, what about you? Definitely major news for HBCU sports and what it could mean for Black coaches in the sports landscape overall, for sure. All right, Jayla? Definitely, the I completely agree. Definitely the HBCU news. All right, Ashton. Definitely major news for HBCU football. Parker, what about you? Definitely major news will impact recruiting and can't wait to see what Deion Sanders is able to bring to Jackson State. All right, Bill, any thoughts there? Huge deal. Big deal. In our next podcast, we will dive into that topic more. Until next time, we as fellows encourage everyone to get out and vote as the election is approaching us. This show is produced by Ronan Fellow, Ashton Edmonds. Special thanks to Terrica Foster Brasby. I'm Marissa Stubbs, and I've been your host. To those of you listening, make sure to get all of the HBCU 468 podcasts, as well as The Right Time with Bomani Jones in the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Join us next time for another HBCU podcast, and don't forget to make The Undefeated your go-to site for a soulful look at sports and entertainment. Have a great week, everyone.